When Pam Padgett, a member of the Body of Christ, was a young woman, she had graduated from college in a field that she found she didn't like at all. She had very good secretarial skills, so she took a job as a secretary at a bank in Colorado Springs, and she was assigned to be secretary to a lawyer that was at the bank. At one point in time, she found she became bored with the job. So she prayed and just asked God, could he please put her into some type of work where she could enjoy the work? At that time, they had two computers. This was in 1985. They had two computers at the bank, and the lawyer asked Pam if she would see if she could use it in her work. So Pam said she'd be happy to do that. She looked at it, and then she asked the lawyer if it would be all right if she took a course at the local college on computers, and he said it would. So they looked over the course offerings and selected a course that they thought would be appropriate, and the course was named BASIC. She got to the class the first night and found this was not a course about how to operate a computer. This was a course in computer programming called BASIC. But she decided to go ahead and stay through the first lecture. And she found she just loved it. When she left that course that night, she was saying to God, this is it. This is what I want to do, is computer programming. So she took other courses and went into a small software company where they hired her. I don't know if it's full-time or part-time, but they hired her. And then they had to let some of their employees go, and they let her go. Pam heard that FedEx has some job openings for computer programmers and decided to go ahead and apply there. So she did that. She got a call from FedEx that one of the managers was interested in talking with her about working at FedEx. So she went in there, and he asked her some questions, and she answered, I think she told me she answered all the questions wrong, but he hired her anyway. Later, as she became more comfortable in the situation, she asked him, she said, Why did you hire me? I answered everything wrong at the interview. And he said, oh, Pam, this is not brain surgery. He said, I could tell you were a very industrious person. You would be a hard worker. You would take care of business. She ended up working as a computer programmer until she retired from FedEx. This is the way God leads us, one step at a time. Take the step. One step at a time, one step at a time. It is enough, God said to me. Take that step. I was in college several different times, and in my last degree, they required me to have statistics There is no way on earth I could pass statistics. I don't care how many introductory programs I would have. Most of the people working for these 
higher degrees, they had the requirement of statistics at this university I went to. They had requirements, but they took the introductory courses and kept trying to pass the statistics course. I went to the teacher at that university and I said, I will come to every class. I will try to read the book. I will do everything I possibly can do, but I cannot pass this course. I went ahead and took the course. I failed every exam and he gave me a C because you couldn't have less than a C on your transcript. I was in a field that had nothing to do with statistics, would never need statistics, and he, with common sense, knew that. And I was willing to try, but I never passed a, I never passed a test. See, you have to be sometimes just take a step. It's just reaching out there and going for it. You don't have to be totally qualified. Just do it. You can learn along the way. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Those of us who hear from God, who belong to God, and hear from God. There are times the Holy Spirit will tell us things that we would not maybe have done on our own. Some key scriptures on the subject of hearing from God and following God. John fourteen twenty six. Jesus says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. John sixteen thirteen, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear from God, that shall he speak and he will show you things to come. Four main things that the Holy Spirit does for us. Teaches us all things, brings all things to our remembrance that Jesus has said, guides us into all truth, and shows us things to come. I've lived by these scriptures for more than 40 years, and I have never seen it fail. James 1.5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. This is a promise of God. This is a tremendous promise of God. If you don't know how to do something, ask God. Ask him for wisdom. And it says, it shall be given you. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. Joshua 1.8 This book of the law, let's translate that to say book of the New Testament, the New Testament laws. This book of the law shall not part, depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. 
Here's a scripture that you could meditate in day and night just to start learning to do this. James 1.5. Keep it before you day and night. Write it out. Look at it in the morning. Pray and ask God to show you how to do this. Keep it before you in the morning. When you go to bed, look at it at night. Think about this. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. Look at that scripture until you can believe it and do it. And really believe that God will give you wisdom when you ask of him. As you meditate on it day and night, that enables you to be able to do the scripture. One time I attended a church in Dallas, Word of Faith, and the teacher at Word of Faith said, Joan, you're not like the other people here. They talk about faith, but you actually do faith. You're doing it. You're living it. Well, that was because God had taken me to Joshua 1.8 to teach me as a new Christian to meditate on his word day and night until the word was strong enough in me that I could do it. Let's look at Joshua 1.8 once again. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein. Just take a section of scripture, a single scripture, Think about it day and night until it gets so strong in you, it enables you to do that scripture. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Psalm 1.3 says approximately the same thing. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, the scriptures. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water like a big tree planted there by the rivers of water. You're constantly drawing from the water of the word of God. And it'd be very hard to push you down. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also will not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. See how Joshua 1, 8 and Psalm 1, 3 fit together, it's meditating in that word of God that causes you to do the word of God. And when you do the word of God, whatsoever you do will prosper. Matthew chapter 11, Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. When you work at a job in the world, or when you're in the world, oftentimes you take on the yoke of the world, which is very hard. You have to be the best. You have to do this. You have to do that. 
But if you will come to God simply asking him for help, if you will take his yoke upon you, keeping in mind that his yoke is easy, the world's yoke is hard. My cleaning lady came to me years ago and she said, don't you ever feel like you have to be like the Joneses? And I said, what? She said, don't you ever feel like you have to keep up with the Joneses? I drove about a 20-year-old car at that period of time. And I said, well, no, I don't. See, we can try to keep up with other people and we'll have a very, very hard yoke. But if we come to Jesus and ask him for help and ask him what he wants us to do, we're going to find the path to what Jesus has us do is easy. That's one of the characteristics of the wisdom of God. It's easy to be entreated. For my yoke is easy, says Jesus, and my burden is light. James chapter 3, start at verse 14. But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. That's James 3.16. Where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. So if you're confused about anything, look for envy and strife as the problem. And if you find that you're trying to copy somebody and compete with them and strive with them, you might pray what David prayed in Psalm 51, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. For you're going to be in confusion and every evil work when you live in envy and strife. Verse 17 of James chapter 3 tells us how to recognize the wisdom that is from above. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. If there's any hypocrisy at all in what you are doing, you are opening the door for the devil to move into your life and attack you and lead you in the wrong way. If there's any hypocrisy. I know a woman who had been raised Baptist. She quit the Baptist church, became Catholic because she wanted to marry a young man who was Catholic. This was in Italy. And she moved to the United States. As soon as she got to the United States, as they got to the United States, he left her. And they divorced. She came to a non-denominational church after that. And she kept it a secret that she had ever been divorced. Now see, that's hypocrisy. And if you open the door for hypocrisy, the devil can move into your life. Don't do it. Speak the truth because the truth will keep you free from many things that you shouldn't be involved in. 
Well, her situation turned out to be rather difficult. But it was, again, I believe the hypocrisy that she was living under, where she kept things secret from the church. We are the body of Christ. You have to live openly with the body of Christ. You can't try to hide things. Now, we don't go about telling our sins. Our sins are forgiven by God, by Jesus, by his blood. A woman came to me once and told me these horrible sins, and I was just devastated when she told me all these evils she had committed. I was shocked. She told me before I could even stop her from telling me. We don't want to do that. There's no reason to do that. You have to have faith that Jesus has forgiven you your sins and go forward. Just go forward. But we don't live in hypocrisy. Now let's look at Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. But I find that most people who attend church, the Lord is not their shepherd. He's not what they're following. They're following maybe their pastor, another friend. They're following what their neighbors say. But just trusting in God to lead us and provide for us and to show us what to do. Most Christians, most people who say they're Christians, they're just not living that way. I get so many emails from pastors all over the world saying that they are a pastor of such and such a church and they need a computer. Would I send them a computer? Would I send them this or that? Would I give them money? See, they're looking to me as their shepherd. They're looking to people in the flesh of man to provide for them. I know God is not their shepherd. For if he was leading them, there wouldn't be any want. The very fact that they have this want shows they're not following God. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures where there's plenty of food. He leads me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. God is always restoring my soul over and over and over. When I run into a problem and I'm downcast or sorrow, have sorrow or grief over the problem, he's always giving me something to restore my soul and make me joyful again. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The rod and the staff, it's like the word of God keeping us on God's highway. If we start to veer off the road to the left, there's a scripture there which pulls us back to the center of the road. If we start to go to the right, there's a scripture there that pulls us back. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The word of God is the key. Hearing from God by his Spirit, who reminds us of a scripture or reminds us of a concept. Following the Spirit of God, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That's in Romans chapter 8, verse 14. 
Thank you for allowing me to speak to you today.